Hi, this is Patrick Finley, and he's Mark Potash. Together, we've got about 30 years of experience covering the Chicago Bears, and this is Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Sun-Times Bears podcast. Potsy, coming up in the show, we will talk about what we expect to see in the season opener against the 49ers. We'll talk about the Bears' uh, potential move to Arlington Heights, and we'll make our picks for the season and for Sunday's game. All of that coming up next on Hallis Intrigue. Potsy, we, we've got a football game coming up on Sunday, and that feels really good to say after, oh, I don't know, the longest seven or eight weeks <laughs> of our lives. Uh, dating. No, I think the longest seven or eight weeks of our lives were the last seven or eight weeks of last season. Nothing will ever be longer than that. <laughs> That's fair, but uh, the Bears are ready to go against the 49ers. Roquan Smith is in camp. All of those little brush fires appear to have been put out for now. Uh, at the risk of asking a basic question, Potsy, what do you want to see out of this offense and what do you want to see out of Justin Fields? Well, I'd, I'd just like to see a, an offense that can get receivers open. Um, I want to see Justin Fields find the open guy late. And I want to see a running attack that gains yards on first or second down. It can get the Bears into either a very Packer-like second and three or third and two. The, those are very specific ones. Good job, Potsy. The, to me, the the idea of getting receivers open, I think, goes to scheme. Because the Bears don't have receivers, I think, that can get open on their own. And because of that, that's going to be a really big test for Luke Getze, who you know is going to be calling plays in the NFL for the first time in his life. Well, we saw a glimpse of it. I, never, I, I, th- I don't think uh, you can tell very much from preseason, especially now. You used to at least tell a little bit, but now you really can't. But if there's one thing I could point to, especially was, I think, the second game where he threw – or maybe it was the third with the three touches. Those were open receivers, I think, yeah. almost every time. And, um, and that's a good sign. I think last year it was like – it might have been fields to like Jesse James in the preseason, but that wasn't going to happen in the regular season. Dalton was your quarterback, and uh, if it was Jesse James, he, he wasn't going to be a big factor. But this time it was guys like Komet. I know he had one. And it might have been Griffin, who was, I think, also will at least be on the field. So this was more real, I think, and I think that was a good sign. The Bears could only really do that against the Lions in the Mitch Trubisky era, and it will be interesting to see if they can do that. Uh, one of the great, uh, one of my favorite John Shoopisms, conflict of assignment, mm-hmm. creating conflict of assignment. That's what a good offensive scheme does. Who do you cover? Who do you not cover? And if you have enough offensive threats, that's what creates that and allows, hey, there's there's a Travis Kelsey wide open. How did that happen? That's that's what you're looking for, and I think so. I think there's I think I guess I'm optimistic. I think there could be that, and it's a great defense to, to try it against because it's not the Lions. It, it it won't be it won't be fool's gold if you see if you see that happen Sunday. It'll actually be a good sign. Uh, running down your your list of three, number two is you want Justin Fields to find guys open at the last second. You know, Mitch Trubisky when he was here, the knock on him was that he was never a natural. It always seemed forced. You could always think along with him as he was going from uh, from progression to progression. Uh, Justin Fields, I, I don't think has answered the question yet as to whether he is more natural than that. Uh, he obviously has athletic skills that very few people on the planet have, but we need to see him be a quarterback, don't we? That's exactly what that's all about. That's It's about being a quarterback and having instinct for the position, which Trubisky did not show here. There were times where he would – he would do the, the, the modern quarterback thing and escape pressure and create 
he created an opportunity, and then he'd throw into double coverage as if it was his, you know, the, as if he were pressured right right off the right off the snap. So he didn't get the benefit. He did not. He did not maximize uh, uh, his escapability. Right. And Justin Fields has that. You know, I think Justin Fields did that in college, and I think he has that. He has that capability, but we've got to see it. You know, you saw it so much; it would be so ironic after all the Matt Nagy stuff. That's what the Kansas City offense does. Right. Patrick Mahomes runs around and hey, there's Tyreek Hill, the fastest guy in the league, wide open. You right. know, in the, in the end zone, and, and and it can be Darnell Mooney. He's he's not as fast as Tyreek Hill, but he's fast, and he and he's the guy you can lose when you're when you're trying to find the quarterback. And and and, and so that's why to me that's a big factor because a it's a big play always. And B, it shows that your quarterback can after he after he gets through all the tumult of trying to get uh, away from the pass rush has the wherewithal to find to look up look downfield and know and anticipate where the open guy might be and find him. Good use of tumult, Potsy. And then item three, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and the Bears run game. You know the questions we have are well documented yep. by us and others over the last two months that there are some real concerns about whether the Bears offensive line has what it takes to not only protect Justin Fields, but to really do him a solid and have a run game that is not uh, at the bottom third of the league the way it was in the Matt Nagy era. Do you ha- do you feel like they're there yet? And, you know, did you learn anything from David Montgomery's only preseason appearance in which, no. and, and I mean, in which they, they moved yeah. the ball pretty well? No, that actually should be number one. I think that's the most important thing. I think Getsy's made it clear he's going to run uh, – as much as he's going to lean on the running game more than the undeveloped quarterback, you know, as a way of developing the quarterback and not not putting the cart before the horse, which I think kind of what Matt Nagy was all about was right. trying to lean on a guy who you couldn't really lean on, right. and and so I so I think he's I think he's going to go that way as far as trying to. But did we see any? I don't think we saw enough. I don't think we saw very much at all of that ability to do that. You know, running when teams are expecting you to run is a very difficult thing to do in the NFL. You've got to be really good at it, and. Uh, when you have an offensive line that's you know might be good in week six, 15, 16, whatever, but right now is we don't know. That's really hard to predict that and say that's going to be. But they're definitely going to try, and that's going to be the first interesting comparison of Getze versus Nagy. Is a can he can he get the run game, and b how how quickly does he go away from it when it doesn't work? So that was that was obviously the problem. So so we'll see. It's yeah, that's the run game is. Like I said, should be number one on that list. I think it'll determine. That's that's the starting point uh, on Sunday against a really good defense. Yeah, I'm contractually obligated to mention that Matt Nagy once said that he knew they needed the, to run the ball more. He's not an idiot, even though he was the person who controlled that. Uh, you mentioned the offensive line. As we sit here right now, Potsy, the Bears have a rookie left tackle, and he'd be the first week one starter at left tackle as a rookie for the Bears in 30 years. Um, in in Braxton Jones. He's going up against Nick Bosa, uh, who's probably the best player on the 49ers. To me, this is a reflection not only of Jones, but of Ryan Poles, the general manager, and of uh, Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, and of the Bears' new coaching staff. And, and, you know, just very briefly, you know, Jones is somebody who Ryan Poles drafted on the third day. That's usually not the kind of pedigree you have um, as a starting left tackle in week one. Uh, you have Luke Getze, who has faced Nick Bosa before and been horrible against him. The Packers, I think in the four games that Bosa played against the Packers, I think Bosa has something like six sacks. Uh, so he's going to have to game plan a way to not let him wreck the whole thing. And then the Bears have you know, bragged about their ability to, to develop players. When they brought in Alex Leatherwood, 
you know, one of the things Matt Eberflus said was, we want Chris Morgan to get his hands on this guy, and we think he can do a better job with him than the Raiders did. Uh, we will see whether Chris Morgan has gotten Braxton Jones up to a serviceable level. But man, there are some really long-term implications if he does well, and there are some really long-term implications if he does poorly. So we And we don't know just how good Braxton Jones will be when, when the bell rings because, yes, he has responded to every challenge but so far, but this is a challenge. You know, the game speed of regular season is, is against a player like Nick Bosa is, or, or almost any of their, uh, their pass rushers is a challenge that he's never, he's never had. So uh, the, I guess the biggest thing will be is, you know, they know he's not going to, like I think it was said yesterday, win every rep. I think it was what Field said. But, um, but do they have a plan to protect him in case? You know, how good is their protection plan? Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just one-on-one. And, um, and you gotta, we'll see what kind of plan they have. And I think that's what I'm looking for most of, most of all is like, because things don't always go right, especially with an offensive line that they haven't played a lot of games together. But how prepared are you to, um, to, uh, to cover up for those issues? So I think that's the biggest issue with uh, Braxton Jones. And, and as far as the history of it, there is, you know, I mean, there's, there, the players who have been there, right? it was Jordan Mills in 2013 and, and Troy Azine in, in, in um, 1992, the last two tackles, I think, to start mm-hmm. as rookies. And they neither of them really panned out, well, I think at least one for injury. But, but the thing is, they all both of them played every game. Right. And that's not to be overlooked. They both played you know, 16 games of that season. In fact, 2013, the last time all five Bears offensive linemen played. And that's also, also when they – were second in the league in scoring. Yeah, not a coincidence yeah. at all. Jordan Mills was a right tackle at the time. Yeah. A little bit different. A right tackle in 2013, I think, had a little less on his plate than a right tackle does today just because of the emphasis on pass rush. But, yeah, I mean, that's two guys in 30 years that can say right. what Braxton Jones will be able to say on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, – and, and it goes back to – not to get off track, but a larger point is just the, in the general health of the team. That played a huge part in the failure of of Ryan Pace. Mm-hmm. And it couldn't keep playing from the beginning. I mean, we were waiting for Kevin White was gone at this time, at this time of, in 2015, and that was a huge hole um, that created other uh, problems. So, uh, yeah, the the offensive line, the offensive line, and the quarterback staying healthy. If they can do that, I think this season is a win almost no matter what, unless, unless he's just unless Fields is really bad. Uh, if he's standing at the end and their offensive line is set, I think you know, considering the, the the situation the Bears are in, that's that's a that's almost a win just just right there. So that's one thing I'll be keeping my eye on is how how many times you know they made 50 changes since 2013, 50 times they changed their offensive line at least and at least four times a year. Um, as we've seen it, that that was uh, that was a big a big part of the problem. Potsy, before we get to our game predictions and our season predictions, uh, I want to get into a little bit of Bears corporate news. Uh, they uh, have a meeting Thursday night scheduled in Arlington Heights, in which they will lay out some very rough plans for the Arlington Heights project. There will be very little details given about the stadium issue or about the stadium design, but there will certainly be a lot of talk about the development itself. And they're doing this uh, in a really unusual context of Ted Phillips, the president of the team, retired on Friday or announced his intention to retire. He will be out in February. By then, the escrow on the land probably will have closed. But, you know, right now you have the Bears, I think, going into hard sell mode with the people of Arlington Heights uh, 
while also acknowledging that they're going to need a new leader to get them through probably a pretty sticky part of uh, of building, convincing, um, you know, doing everything political they can do to, to make sure they get the best deal possible here. Yeah, and, you know, Ted was, you know, you, you, you kind of, you lose uh, kind of perspective on things, but, you know, because the soldier field today is kind of looked at as a, what do you, what's the term for something that's... Uh, eyesore? Eyesore, yeah, okay. It's kind of an eyesore. But at the time, it was a great victory for the Bears and for Ted, and for Ted Phillips. He did something that Michael McCaskey could not do. He got them a renovated stadium that they badly needed. That they didn't have to pay a dime for, right? Exactly. And uh, that's that, that's a big part of the win factor, too. But but anyway, uh, yeah, Ted did, you know... Uh, ultimately, you know, uh, I think the, the win-loss re- uh, ledger is is tied to is at least somewhat tied to to the team president it's just that's part of football but uh he did get things done and i think getting him this far on the stadium is obviously a big thing but as far as him not you know retiring i think he might have his hand in it even i think i think he'll be uh i think he'll be associated with this or certainly in an advisory capacity i think i don't think his he's done uh, with the stadium once he retires. I think he'll still have his hand in it. So I, I guess my point is, I don't think they're going to be like lost, you know, without without Ted as far as the stadium. I, it's still going to get done. To me, it, it's inevitable just at this point. Um, and, and I, you know, I feel like the Bears are headed in that direction no matter who's in charge of it. But he did, he did the, the, I think the most of the dirty work has been done uh, mm-hmm. for the stadium is relative to how the Bears do business, frankly. Mm-hmm. And now it's now it's full speed ahead. I think the most inque- important question going forward is, does this stadium issue motivate the Bears to go outside the family or go outside the building for the first time in their history to hire a new president? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how big of a factor that is, to tell you the truth. Uh, and... Um, and, I, and I'm there are executives certain, out in the world who have built a stadium before. Yes. And none yeah. of them reside inside Hallis Hall. But I don't. I, but but knowing the history of the McCaskies, I'm, there's no certainty that they get that. There's a sure. lot of things that they don't get that are obvious to a lot of people that, that aren't so obvious to them, as we all know. And so I, I don't know if they will or, or not. So I, I, I think what I think what they'll do is they will there'll be a, a clearer kind of demarcation between football and non-football with the new hire. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I don't know, I'm not sure if this is the question, but I really feel like it's an opportunity for them in this. It's a tough, it's an odd situation because they got a GM already. So if you put a football guy, a, you know, a football czar, as we say, that's an odd thing for a guy. It's like a co- like a, a, a like a GM being hired with a coach already in place. It's, an, right. it's odd. So I don't know if they're as likely to do that. I think it's an opportunity for them to hire somebody just to do what Ted Phillips did best and do all the non-football things and allow Ryan Poles to kind of spread his wings and, and learn on the job and, and, and ascend to a team president football of football operations in a, in a few years. He certainly, I'll say this, we don't know if he'll be successful or not, but he certainly shows the capabilities of someday being that kind of guy. Yeah, if you bring in a football guy to be your president, all of a sudden Ryan Poles doesn't have the power today that he signed up for right. uh, uh, nine months ago, and that's a problem. Uh, yeah, I, I just wonder if they'll look around the league. So many teams have built new facilities, and if they'll just look for a businessman with that experience. Well, that would be that that would be their best move because, like I like I tried to explain, the, the awkwardness of having even if it's a really good guy, my guy would be Tomlin, I, you know. But 
he's obviously he has a job already. But 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 anyway, you brought in a guy like that, a guy, a real football guy. Some people say Trace Armstrong. Even that would be a, would be awkward because it's the exact opposite. Right. He's too loyal to those guys. Right. To those guys, he's their he's their agent. Mm-hmm. So uh, so, but yeah, you know, if they if they did that, it, I, I just don't think the timing is right to do it. And um, so, so I feel like, that, yeah, I think that's why I said I think they're going to separate those even more than they did when Ted was in charge. Potsy, let's get to picks. Of course, that's what everybody comes here for. Uh, in the Sun-Times, uh, every Thursday, there will uh, be a full slate of picks, uh, not only from you and I, but from Jason Leisure, who is uh, a on, bit assignment. on assignment, but uh, is obviously a giant part of this podcast and a part part of our picking group in addition to rick tellender and rick morrissey our longtime columnist and even lawrence holmes from the score who is starting to do some work for us on your what? yes on your end potsy you're also uh, uh your cheat sheet has david kaplan and, and uh what's sylvie mark silverman yes yes my good friend sylvie so uh, if you want to know what half the sports uh uh analysts in chicago think about uh, the NFL and Bears picks every week pick up a Sun Times on Friday. That said, Mark, we're going to give away our picks now to the listeners. We'll start with Sunday's game. Give me the score of the Bears 49ers game on Sunday and tell me why. Well, I think there's a lot. Can I give you a little explanation or just what the score Absolutely. Is? I said, and okay. tell me why. You can take it in whatever order you want. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of optimism about the Bears, and I, and I, and I get it. And uh, you know we've you know there's a lot of things I think that look good especially on defense, um, but I just feel like um, uh, you know I just feel like the the, the 49ers defense uh, versus the Bears offense is just uh, is a is a is a win for the 49ers and uh, if it's not that would be a pleasant surprise but uh, but I think it is so I have the 49ers winning 23 to 16. I've got them 20. I've got 49. In a good game and a competitive game. I think, I think it's going to be close, and I think the Bears will be competitive. But I just feel like they have a long way to go offensively, and uh, I think some reality will set in on Sunday. Yeah, I've got the Bears losing 20 to 10 to the 49ers. Same thinking. I, I think it'll be a good game. I think Robbie Gold kicks a field goal uh, to put this thing out of reach late in the game. I'm just not convinced they can score. I'm not convinced they can score against uh, one of the best five defenses in the NFL, and that's what the 49ers bring. Uh, I'm curious to see what Luke Getze does with Justin Fields and with this offense. He's obviously been holding some things back, if not most things, back. And I think the only way to stop this pass rush is to be creative. Uh, and, you know, let's include Fred Warner, too, the middle linebacker who's a tackling machine. I think you need to screen them to death. I think you need to run counters. I think you need to do anything you can to make them think twice about pinning their ears back. Uh, Matt Nagy could never really, or well, Nagy and, and his offensive coordinators, to be fair, seem to struggle with not only the run game, but with the screen game. And I look forward to watching a Bears team that might be a little better at that. But you know, Pat, I take a little issue with this idea that uh, he's got a bag of tricks that he hasn't shown yet, and that's right. going to really throw people off. All those things you said that they could do, that's great. You still have to run the ball and have, a, have right. an offense sure. to sure. be able to set that up. It's not like all of a sudden you could throw a flea flicker in there right. or some play um, that's going to start or someplace they're not ready for. And I mean, that can work. I'm not saying yeah. it's impossible, but in general, all those things, all those trick bag of tricks type of things, or just even different things yeah. that you haven't shown, those all work when you run the football, put yourself in good down and distance situations. And that's basic, that's to any kind of football. And so I think if they can do that, 
then uh, th- then it will. But I, then it will. You know, they'll, they'll they'll score more points than we think. Mm-hmm. But right now they've got they've got to prove. You know, first things first. Yeah, that's you, my theme. You tell me that you tell me they can't get cute until they do the until they do the basics. Yes, first. isn't that kind of the lesson of the last four seasons? <laughs> I guess it is. Uh, in terms of season record, Potsy, I think you and I are in agreement. Uh, I have them at six and eleven. Uh, my rationale is that I think they're going to try hard all season long. I think that Matt Eberflus has indoctrinated them in a way to play football that is going to help them. But toward the end of the season, when sometimes you pick up a couple extra wins because you care and the other team doesn't, the Bears play a lot of really good teams. I think four of the last five games they play are against teams that are prohibited favorites to make the playoffs, including the Packers, the Vikings, the Bills. Um, No amount of tryhard is going to get them a win in that situation. Uh, I've got six and 11 because of the way the schedule shakes out. If they win seven, I wouldn't be stunned. If they won four, I'm not sure I'd be stunned either. Yeah, I also have them uh, six and 11. I think I've said it before that I think the total in Vegas is six and a half. I think that's a perfect number for this team. Six, I see them six or seven wins. I'm going with six and 11 at this point. But I will say this, because sometimes you have to guard yourself, especially if you've covered the Bears as long as we have. You almost, you're almost afraid. You are afraid to be too optimistic because we had, you know, hey, Mark Trestman at this at this point had a higher standing in Chicago than Luke Getze does. I mean, they they were buying. They the team was bought in. They were sold on this on that offense as this defense is is getting raves uh, uh, right now with Allen Williams and Eberflus and 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 that season started out actually pretty good, three and all. They were eight and six, and then the bottom fell out, and it all went downhill from there. So my point is, you're, you're afraid. You know, you're just afraid to be too optimistic because they've made you look foolish too many times. That said. I'm going with six and six and eleven, maybe seven and ten. But I will say this: if I had to choose, are they going to win eight, nine, or ten games, or two, three, or four? I'm going with eight, nine, or ten. Okay. I think they have a much. I think they. I think their ceiling is is much higher. The potential because hey, they have a defense that I think could be top ten, 10, 12, 14, to upper half of the league, uh, with Roquan and and uh, and the and the offense. I think will at least be. Uh, competent. I, I just, I mean, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. They've proven us wrong. But I just feel like, unlike last year, where where Nagy's offense scored a touchdown right away against the Packers, and you thought, oh, it's a dawn of a new era. Right. And then after that, it was like only they're only good against bad teams. I think I think Getzey will be better than that. Even if they're not good, I don't think they'll be disastrous and lose games for them like they have. So I my my, my I guess my point is that I think there's more of an arrow pointing up. There's more I'm more positive that they there's a better chance they'll overachieve than underachieve based on six and eleven. You've been around this team for like the last thirty years, right? You know, well as a you've you you never longer you, as a for, with, with rare exception, you never go broke betting on the Bears to be disappointing though. This is very true, and that that uh, colors a lot of uh, a lot of our coverage because you know history is a great teacher. Six and eleven, six and eleven. I think Jason's got something right around there, but you can read all about that in the Sun Times on Friday. Potsy, you and I and Jason will be back on Sunday night from the Bears press box, breaking down what happened against the 49ers. Until then, uh, you can please like, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, you can uh, pick up a Sun Times, uh, check us out on Twitter or on our website. He is Mark Potash. I'm Patrick Finley. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again on Sunday.